Okay, freaks, this is the guide to your psychopath. This podcast is not about me telling you how you're fucked up. I'm here to learn about your past and how it affects your decision making. I've been studying people for a long time now, but I've never asked them about how their mind goes through the process. I want to read your guide. I want to know how you think and feel. This will not be edited to take snippets out of context, but I believe everyone will benefit from hearing all of the conversation. Learning your guide will make it better for me to understand you. Welcome to the Guide to Your Psychopath. This week, or this episode, is going to be about Samuel. Yay! Yay! Alright, so uh, what I, I like to do is I like to get people's stories of their past and uh, how it's leading them down their current path in life. Uh, but I'd like to uh, start from the beginning. Um, do you know where your parents were born? I believe my mom was born in Merced, and my dad was born in Tulare. Oh, so your whole family has been here for a long time? Uh, my parents, yes. Oh. My grandparents, most of them were, f- were from Mexico. Oh, from Mexico? Yeah. Do you know what part? My dad's dad is from Chihuahua. His mom, I have no idea. My mom's mom, she's from Mexico, but I don't know where. And her dad, I don't know if he's from Mexico. My entire life, he's lived in Texas. In Texas? Yeah. And you were born? In Visalia. In Visalia? Mm Mm-hmm. So you've been here all your life? Yeah. Yeah. What is your earliest memory that you have? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I want to say I was about four years old because it was. I, w- I remember my birthday was coming up soon, and I think I was going to turn five. So not a very early memory, as it turns out. But I just remember one day, it was an evening already, and we were doing yard work in the front yard. And we were already cleaning up. The sun was going down. It was, it was definitely evening time. It was no longer the afternoon. Um, the the parts of the sky barely had orange in them. Like, you could see the visible parts of the orange, but it was mostly blue. Uh, and I remember I was on the sidewalk, but standing next to the trash can, and my the top of my head only went about halfway. It wasn't even at the top yet. And I don't even remember what I was thinking about, but I, I just remember looking at my house, uh, toward, like, the front of the house from the sidewalk, and looking around, and just, like, a two-second clip in my head. Do you you were able to play outside? Uh, yeah. 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 You play? Did you? Were you playing with friends? That day, uh, no, no. It was just yard work. Oh, just yard yeah. Work. I'm sure my dad was behind me somewhere, probably picking up the the grass, um, and about to put it in the trash can next to me. Did you have a lot of friends in that neighborhood? Uh, yeah, there was quite a few. But I don't know. How many you describe as a lot, but there was there was a couple houses with with kids um, that were my age, a little a little older, a little younger, mostly older, not by a lot, but a, a couple years older. Yeah, yeah. And you guys always played outside. Oftentimes, yeah. 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 Did you guys play outside by yourselves, or were there always somebody outside watching you guys? And uh, like parents, you mean? Yeah, parents. No, not really. No, no, most. There was a few people that were already, like, older, like, senior citizens. They generally stayed inside unless they were going out to garden or, or something. But oftentimes the parents would either be inside relaxing because 
they, that's their time off from work or they were still at work. Yeah. So, no, most of the time it was unsupervised, more or less. Yeah. What was uh, elementary school like for you? Ooh, good question. Um, it was okay. I, I, I don't remember a significant great parts to it, but mm-hmm. I really don't remember anything bad about yeah. it either. Well, when I was in... Uh, in fourth grade, I did have to move to Dinubal with my mom because my parents had separated for like a month. And I don't know, when they asked me, who did I want to go with? I always felt more comfortable saying my mom. So I went with her and we moved to Dinuba. So I had to switch schools over there. And at the time, we didn't know how long it was going to be. Um, I suppose my parents probably thought it was indefinite. But uh, no, we only, we only ended up staying there for about a month uh, at my grandma's house and living over there until we moved back. And... I mean, parts of that were okay. Um, but other than that, gosh, I don't really remember a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. But well, you, had, you had regular friends. You had good teachers. And yeah, I liked my teachers. Yeah. Most of them. My fifth grade teacher was really scary and intimidating. <laughs> and But he was he was good at teaching math, and that was like my strong subject back then. Oh, was it? Yeah. And I remember in fifth grade... Uh, there was another kid in there. He had he had the the second highest grade on the on the big math test at the end of the year. Well, the big test at the end of the year, he had like the second highest grade on the math section. I had the first. Oh. Yeah. Can't say the same now though. Some <laughs> things have changed. We've come a long way because it's not that way anymore. But yeah, um, you know, it, uh, well, I guess yeah. That's pretty much elementary school. Yeah. Yeah. Did things uh, change? Well, first of all, do you remember when, when you're right before your parents split up, was there a lot of arguing or anything in the house? Probably. Um, no, yeah, there was. Uh, gosh, throughout the years, I suppose there's a lot of arguing, but I want to say that's just parents in general. Yeah. You know, it, it's common for, for them to argue about whatever um, common things, even if the relationship is perfectly healthy. But, you know, they, they always spoke in Spanish because they didn't want us to hear. No. And um, we didn't understand. They, they never taught us. But uh, so I, I mean, sure. Yeah, there was, there was most likely arguing. I mean, they did it even when they didn't separate. They would have arguments and we couldn't understand either way. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was beforehand. But it wasn't anything drastic. It wasn't any, no violence in the house or anything like that. No, 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 not at all. What was uh, junior high like for you? Um, it was a change of pace. It was the first time I had to go through the entire school without any of my siblings going to the same school at the same time. Your siblings? Yeah, because my I'm the youngest of five, and the second youngest is three years older than me. So when I was in fourth grade, at that point, I was going to that school by myself, but I was already used to the school, mm-hmm. um, so it wasn't a problem. Uh, in, but middle school, when I when I started seventh grade, my sister had just finished, so she was already a freshman in high school. One, two, no, she was a sophomore in high school. Wrong. Um, see, bad at math. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so no, so that was that was an experience that I really kind of felt I had to do on my own, even though everybody else had already gone to the same school and had the answers to the questions I had. But you know, it was it, it was becoming that that phase where. You know, you're growing up and you're changing. Mm-hmm. You know, your 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 personality's changing a little bit. Your friends are changing in their own ways, and not that any of it's bad. It's all normal, but you know, uh, you kind of 
you kind of lose yourself a little bit of who you were as a younger kid and now you're growing a little bit more different things are funny and your friends personalities are changing and it's not all the same as much as you want it to stay the same you know you want to have the same friends for the same reasons and whatnot and they're just I don't know it's I felt for me at that point that's when the direction started changing for certain people Hormones raging and yeah, yeah, going crazy. Yeah, uh, certain friends liking certain activities and different interests. Ones. Yeah. So when I was in elementary school, to go back a little, I had this group. My my main group of friends, um, we played tag every day. Like that was our, our favorite thing to do. We played tag, and then middle school came along, and me and one other one other guy, we were both in 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 band wow. together. So we saw each other the most of all of us, and. Uh, uh, we didn't necessarily hang out outside of school a lot, but because of it, we hung out a lot. Um, you know, we're both in, in the drum line too, so at least two of us stayed together, stayed close friends. He was still friends with all the rest of them. He would see them after school. I didn't really so much. I would just go home and not really see my friends very much. But I was at school a lot anyway, so I didn't really need it. I thought you were going to say you still played tag. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny. I think we were in. We must have been in middle school. We went back to the to the elementary school one day for something. We all happened to be there, and we played tag that that evening. Did you? Got there. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. It only lasted a good ten minutes, and we were we were like quietly. We were like we didn't laugh loudly very much, you know. I don't know. It was a it was a bittersweet moment. I'll just say that. Yeah. Well, we we had big smiles on, even though we weren't very much verbal. We were just running and kind of. Savor the, the savor the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys should play tag now. <laughs> if I could find them, they're all over the place. It'd probably be a lot slower. <laughs> <laughs> We'd still accuse each other of cheating. Cheater, running out of breath. No, that doesn't count. <sighs> Pause. You hit harder. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. It was uh, our middle school. Um, were there a lot of fights? Were there uh, a lot of segregation? Was there? Do you remember any of that stuff going on over there? Well, from Visalia, I don't consider this a big town. You know, we have California has much bigger cities. I mean, but there are also a lot of other places. With that being said. Um, at elementary school, I didn't see any fights ever. There was only things I saw on TV and whatnot. Not that I would have been interested in watching them anyway, but I had never seen one in front of me. Mm-hmm. So it was just, yeah, that's what I mean. Your reaction just looks so surprised. Well, I was the opposite. Oh my gosh, there's a fight. So on middle school, the very first day before class started, everybody else is, is out on the, well, there wasn't a playground at the middle school, but everybody was just outside in the kind of main area, the common area. And next thing you know, there's these two girls, they're... I was a tall kid, too. I was always, like, the tallest of everybody in my grade. I get there, and there's these two girls that, that just are right, I mean, inches away from me, and they are throwing just hands back and forth, left and right. And I'm like, what's going on? And that was kind of a shock. Girl you know? fights are the best. Well, they were taller than me. That was a surprise, <laughs> you know? Like, it was my first first time witnessing a fight. They're inches away from me, and they are, like, they got their mean faces on, their fighting faces. They, uh... 
They put their hair in the scrunchie. And <laughs> I didn't think they, about this at the time, but now I want to know, why were they fighting? Yeah. <laughs> at the time, I didn't care. You know, in middle school, I saw a couple fights, and I was never the person to go look and say, oh, my God, fight, fight. What's happening? What's going on? I turned around and said, eh, okay, whatever. <laughs> I, I really don't care. This isn't making my day any better. <laughs> I have other things to worry about, not other people's fights. I see that enough, you know, on TV. That's why I watch TV is to see that. I don't need to see it in real life, you know. Jerry Springer. Yeah, yeah. Jerry. Yeah. Jerry. Yeah, see, because they'll give an actual explanation on TV. But yeah. when you're seeing it happening, it's just, okay, well, I hope this person wins for whatever reason because I don't know what they're fighting about. But, yeah, so if, in terms of fights, no, I didn't see a lot. Um, you never got into any? No, no. Your friends? Mm, not that I know of, no. Most of my friends were... Samuel was still playing tag. (laughs) No, I wanted to play tag. (laughs) That's a child version of fighting, yeah. Still hand-touching, you know. Yeah. But no, I I saw a couple. Not a lot. What were your favorite subjects in middle school? Ooh. um, Band. Band? Yeah. Nerd. Uh, I liked science. I thought it was fun. There was, there was, (laughs) yeah, I guess. Um, uh, I don't know. The more fun ones, math wasn't fun anymore. They, they started throwing letters in there and I was like, no, I'm good. This is, this is, this is too complicated. I don't understand why there's letters. I really don't. And then they throw shapes in there to throw everything off, you know? Yeah. But, uh, I guess those two, well, science was more hands-on and it didn't require as much homework. And I, I understood it pretty fast. I, I was a quick learner. You were grasping it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was quick to learn it because I thought it was interesting. And for those of you that are listening, these two are signing back and forth to each other. And we'll explain why later. But uh, right now. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to it. We'll, we'll get, get to, to it. it. It's part of the story. That's <laughs> yeah. why we're here today. So you get through middle school and you get into high school. Are you excited? Are you happy? Are you wanting to stay in middle school? Well, I didn't necessarily want to stay in middle school, but I wasn't excited for high school because, well, I knew it was, I knew it was going downhill. I just didn't know how far downhill. I didn't think it would go as far as it did. But um, uh, you're talking about personal, or yeah, yeah. Well, see, I in middle school because my my elementary school friends, which I was. I felt very close to. We were moving in different directions. And then and uh, at the end of middle school, it just seemed like we were going to end up going further away. The classes we had already weren't the same, and our interests weren't the same, except me and one other person. Now, we had, uh, me and this, this drumline friend of mine, while we spent a lot of time together still, he was like my best friend at the time. Um, but he auditioned for the drumline and got accepted because he was much better than me. And I didn't. I had to play in the front ensemble, which I ended up liking a lot, much more than I thought I would. But it was that sign. Even before high school started, I figured, well, there goes the last of my friends that I'm going to get to see very often. And I get to meet new people that I don't want to meet. <laughs> Wasn't big on meeting new people back then. I was very shy. But uh, some really personal family stuff happened. Went very, very bad. Not not well. Um the day before I started high school, I found out a lot of stuff, and it just went downhill. And at that time, I mean, you know, 13 years old, that's when there's a lot of hormonal changes in your body. You're a teenager, and everything's already confusing, and 
and challenging as it is, and you're trying to put on this normal face, this normal human reality that, that you're happy and you're doing well all the time, and I wasn't feeling that at all. Um, you feeling depressed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of sad. But, uh, um, I mean, there was just so many changes in those four years. There was parts where there was really good, went well, and then other parts where it went very, very bad. So I didn't have the greatest time, but I had there. There were some, some little shining lights in there, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, I still think about, of all things to think about, I still think about how much fun I had in band. Mm. Yeah. Did you stay in band in high school? I did for the first three years, and then I had quit marching band and drumline uh, uh, before my senior year. So I didn't do that, and I kind of still regret it. However, my junior year, I joined the jazz band, and I did that my senior year as well. So I didn't completely stop music, um, just marching band, mostly. Is music something uh, that you've always been passionate about? or I was, because it was kind of my only, my, my main or my <laughs> only interest for quite some time. And I thought I would want to go into it. And I suppose that was an idea, probably a dream, but... I'm just not as good as it, as good at it as I would need to be to pursue it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have that talent or that creativity, that uh, that imagination to really make something out of it. Mm. As much as I enjoyed it, it was it was more of a hobby. It would have to be more of a hobby. Mm. Do you nowadays? Do you go? Uh, do you ever go watch any other bands like high school bands? Any? Like parades and band reviews? Uh, no, because I don't know anybody that's doing it, and it would feel too weird if somebody who looks like me would just to go out to watch a bunch of kids do a performance by myself. But I no, like, no. It, realistically, that? realistically speaking, if if I had a nephew, because I have a lot of nephews, if one of them was in band or doing something, I would definitely be out there being supportive, you know, uh, trying to be involved um, and whatnot. Because I know the effort that it takes to. To, to be a part of it and I certainly know what it means to um, to have your family support you out there yeah. and for them to not be there um, a couple weeks ago I'll explain this later okay. <laughs> we'll come back we'll circle back <laughs> yeah so you're in your senior year of high school mm -hmm. and uh, are you feeling refreshed that it's almost over are you uh, having a good time do you, do you meet new friends What's going on? Um, yes to the first one, no to the rest. Uh, I'm excited it's going to be over, although it just, things weren't going well, so it felt like it was going to be an eternity. Mm -hmm. The sophomore and junior year were, no, freshman, sophomore, and junior year were all felt like an eternity, so it was only one more, which was the only bright side to it, but it took a very long time. So I didn't have a lot of friends. I had less friends than when I started. Um, you kind of uh, secluded yourself? No, no. Isolated? Well, I did my freshman year. I didn't have a lot of people. Um, the friends I did have, I never saw them. I didn't have classes with any of them. Um, and then when that was most of freshman year, I was alone a lot, way more than I should have been. And then my sophomore year, my my older sister, the one that's three years older than me, mm -hmm. she, um, she had a, a very nice group of friends, and they... They let me join them, so 
I had a lot of fun with them my sophomore and junior year. However, most of them were, they were all pretty much older than I was um, by either one year, two years, or three years. So my senior year was just me and the people my grade, who I was, I, I suppose I wasn't not friendly, not friends with them. I was, yeah, you know, I'd see them say hi, it would be a good time, but I wouldn't see them after school or outside of school. I didn't hang out with any of them really um, outside of class. And as it was, I didn't have classes with them. It was just people that I used to be in band with because they were also, my sister was in band, so they all knew each other through band. Um, but after they had graduated, it was back to me again. What, um, what did your sister play? She was a flute player. Was she? Yeah, she was pretty good. She will never admit that she was good because she's tough on herself, um, like me, but she was good. She was the uh, second or third chair. She got to play the piccolo, which very few get to do. It's only the, the better the better people. Um, so, yeah, she, uh, she honestly, she's the reason why I got into band in the first place. I don't know. when I every, A lot of the things I do, it's because of my older siblings. Um, her and my brother, who's one year older than her, they were both in in elementary school. When you first, you know, when you first start music, you either pick an instrument um, with choir or band or or uh, or orchestra. Uh, he chose a drum. My dad bought him a drum because you know he wanted a drummer in the family, and he would quit a year later because he didn't care for it. So the drum was just sitting there, and I was too young to play anything. But then my sister, she chose the flute um, from the beginning, and she stuck with it. Um, so I chose a, a band instrument too. We had a drum, so I, I went with that. And uh, yeah, and then my fr- my freshman year of high school, when they told me, yeah, I could you could take three electives. Why do I have so many? You just do. You took summer school. You you have the space. And I'm like, um, okay, I'll take a band. And then, uh, well, I like le- I like learning. I want to learn French, so I need to take a, a foreign language anyway. So I took French for a year. Um, even though did I, it stick with it? No, I still I still love the language and I still appreciate it, but it's just so much work to learn a new language, and I get so far off. So I I, I didn't end up sticking with it, um, but I still I still listen to like French music and whatnot and and opera and this is a tangent, but uh, what I was going what I was getting at is that my third elective I chose woodshop because I didn't know what else to pick, and that same brother that that chose a drum when he was in fourth grade or fifth grade. He, uh, he chose woodshop, so I'm like, oh, I'll do what he did. So if I have any trouble or if I need any help, I should have him to ask, you know, what does this mean and what does that mean? My dad had us working with wood all the time at home anyway, yeah. as much as I disliked it and always hated it because it was summer and it was hot. Um, but, yeah, so uh, so point is uh, a lot of the things I chose to do in high school recreationally or learning-wise, extra options, it was oftentimes something that one of my older siblings did beforehand. And you guys were close? Not really. No? No, no, not not as... Well, at some things, yes, but other things, no. Um, when I was younger, a little kid, I was closest with my oldest sister. She She's the oldest of us five. Um, and then when I was in high school, it was my other sister. I only have two. Uh, the one that's three years older than me. I don't know, at some point when, when I was in high school, it seemed like she was my best friend. And I wasn't hers because she had other friends, but I just felt like I had nobody else. Um, but yeah, no, no, I... No, we weren't really all that close. It just... 
we're closer now. You know, after you, you grow up and you mature a little more and you're closer to each other. But as a kid, we didn't, as kids, we didn't feel we needed to. They had all their friends. Everybody had their own, you know, set of friends. Um, so, yeah, not really. Yeah. You know. So you graduated high, well, during your senior year, were you thinking about going to college? Only because my dad told me that I'm supposed to. Oh. And then I didn't. Uh, yeah. No, I... My counselor, who knew I didn't have very good grades, as, as quick as I could learn on the subject or pick up information and learn it because I was good at attaining information, just, just by learning it, I could remember things very well. I didn't like doing homework, and I wouldn't understand why until years later, but I really, I really had trouble doing homework. And in elementary and middle school, you don't need to do homework. That's just participation, which is a very small portion of your grades. And I always had A's in elementary and middle school without having to do the homework even though my teachers wanted me to do it. But I didn't need it because I got A's on all my tests. So I knew I knew what it, what what was what. I knew what everything meant. But they don't play that in high school. Or they college. Also, or college. Yeah, <laughs> that is correct. You don't want to participate, Mr. Loon? Okay. You get an F. Yeah. <laughs> you have earned an F. Yeah. So, but my dad was pushing me and grilling me about going to college and whatnot. And he always, he grew up old-fashioned, so he wanted us to go to to Harvard or to Berkeley, and he wanted us to be a doctor or a lawyer, those common ones, um, those high-achieving fields. Um, I mean, I knew that was probably not likely. I knew that was very unlikely, but uh, he still wanted me to. So when my counselor called me in and said, what are, you, what are your plans for later on? And I said, well, my dad wants me to go to college. And she just said, well, where do you want to go? What are you thinking about? And I said, well, my dad wants me to go to Berkeley. And her eyes just got <laughs> wide. And she just she she just gave me a look of, mm. of you have no idea what you just said. <laughs> you don't let's, need, let's bring you back down. <laughs> yeah. I, do you know how to spell Berkeley? Do you know what that is? Do have you, you know actually heard at? of that? Yeah. Um, so needless to say, that didn't that wasn't how it worked out. But um, no, I didn't. I at the time, because I I don't know, I grew up. And teachers and people at school always told me that I was very smart. And it must have went into my head because I figured during high school, my senior year, that I could just graduate, finish, not go to college and figure out something to do. You know, I had I I was ambitious, but I didn't have a clear path ahead of me. Um, So that was pretty much my plan for uh, for after graduation. Yeah. So you graduated high school and then what did you do? I went to work. Uh, it was it wasn't even. I graduated in June, and before August, the next school year came along, which a school that I didn't even apply to go to. Uh, my dad told me, "Hey, uh, are you going to go to school?" And I said, "No, probably not." And he said, "Okay, well, you're not going to sit around here. Either you go to school or you, or you work. That's the rules." And I had known that for a long time. Um, I was just hoping maybe I'd have a summer off before that happened, but that wasn't the case. So on. Um, in July, I got a job, and I ended up working there for a couple of years. Yeah, um, almost three, in fact. What was the job? It was a, a distribution center here okay. in town, and um, I worked in the in the QA department. Uh, I forgot what QA means. Quality assurance. Quality assurance, yes, thank you. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow, Samuel. See, I didn't do my homework, yeah. yeah Remember yeah. that? Yeah. So you were doing quality assurance for a distribution company. 
Yeah, for the now first year. Now you know year, why there's recalls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the first year. And then I got transferred to the department next door, receiving, the receiving department. And um, that was much better for a while. Yeah. Um, I was, uh, QA was fine. And then I went to receiving. And it was a lot more physical work. But it, it made the time go by faster. I don't know. And don't get me wrong, there were times where I wanted to be lazy, but we got paid on incentive, so the faster you work, the more you get paid. Um, and then sometime into it, a little after my, my second year, after two and maybe two and a half years working there, uh, no, just over two years, I ended up having an accident on on my machine. We called it a high bay, but it's a, it's a machine. It, it grabs a pellet, and it takes you and the pellet however far into the air to load the boxes or unload the boxes from the from the storage racks. And um, so I'm unloading the boxes onto the racks and I'm getting closer toward the bottom and you're not supposed to step on the pellet unless you're stepping on where the forks are because uh, you have to reach the back. So I, I there was one layer of boxes on the bottom and then there was one box on the second row, the second layer, but toward the back. So I scooched my foot in right a... Uh, uh, sideways because there were still boxes on the first row, but I, I scooched it in onto the pallet sideways right above the fork and I was reaching for the back box and then my foot slipped because the the pallet that I was given was already broken. So my foot slipped, my body as it was falling, it pushed those boxes on the bottom out of the way, some of them. And um, uh, right under that broken piece of wood, that pellet, uh, right under the, the exposed wood was a nail sticking out, but it wasn't the, the pointy end of a nail. It was the flat end of a nail and it caught my leg on there. And not that it stopped my fall in any way. It just cut my leg toward by my knee. So, um, I ended up hollering for help and nobody was around because it's a, it was a big building. It's a, it's a big place. And when you're in the racks, the, it muffles the sound a lot, all those boxes and stuff out there. Yeah. So I was hollering and I realized nobody was going to come help. So I slowly pick, pulled myself up and I had a harness on and everything. Um, so, I mean, I wasn't in danger of actually falling all the way to the ground, but, uh, I pulled myself up and I rolled myself to my boss's desk while I drove the, the machine to my boss's desk. I sat down there, they called an ambulance. My supervisor came over there and he didn't say a whole lot. He wasn't asking a whole lot of questions or nothing, but I, he was cleaning up my leg like my supervisor of all people who I didn't expect to do that. He was just looking at my leg quietly and he was cleaning up the blood. Well, what he could right there. And they, they wrapped it the best they could, you know, yeah. with, with the emergency kit, the, the first aid kit, yeah. they put some stuff on there until the ambulance got there. And I, I mean, I was already working and, and had my heartbeat up. So my leg didn't really hurt. I still had the adrenaline from it all. So luckily I didn't feel, I really didn't feel any pain. If anything, it just felt discomfort like my leg felt like something was off something was wrong but it didn't hurt because of the adrenaline so um the ambulance ended up coming i called my dad on the phone while i was uh on a gurney already but still inside the building and i told him hey i'm gonna be going to the hospital you know blah blah blah. i'm okay i'm i'm not in an immediate danger anymore but my leg is cut you know so and so happened blah 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 and he's just like okay i'll see you over there um and then I got off the phone and I realized I turned around and like the top managers of the building, all of them that were working at those hours were all standing right behind me, just listening and watching. Oh. 
and so was the the head of the, the the safety department for the building. She was there too. I didn't know her yet, so I didn't know who that was. But I saw a lot of familiar faces that had never actually spoken to me. I just knew that they were all somehow my boss's boss's boss. Um, and they didn't say anything to me. They just were getting account of my story without me knowing it. But whatever. Uh, I go to the hospital. I'm there for a little bit. And one of the managers, my, my supervisor's boss, my manager... Uh, my direct manager, he, he had called my phone and he said, Hey, how are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. I hope you're doing well. Just so you know, um, you're not going to get a bill for this. We're going to cover all of this, blah, blah, blah. And he was very, you know, no, (laughs) well, that would have been bad, but, uh, no. So, uh, they helped you up. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was very polite about it. And, um, the next day I went into work and I'm thinking they're not going to have me work because I have an injury and that's a laborious job that, there's no point of me being there. Um, and the doctor had said at the hospital, uh, try not to walk for uh, a few weeks, you know, try to try to stay off of it. And there's no point of them paying me to be there to show up, to walk to the back of the building just to not do anything. So I figured they'd have me take the day off. So I show up and they had sent me to to their doctor, the, the work doctor first. And... Uh... uh he he said I was fine to go back to work, which was odd. So um, he said, oh, but he told me, he had told me to, to keep my leg raised and whatnot. So I figured they're just going to send me home until the doctor says I'm better to go back to actually working. So I show up to work and my supervisor wasn't there. He, he ended up going on vacation. I don't know. He probably already had a plan, but he was on vacation for about a week. Um, but I showed up to work and they told me that he's not there to give me something to do or to give me directions on stay or go. So they say, so they just said, go home. We'll pay you for the four hours, even though you just got here two minutes ago, but we'll pay you for that. Um, go home and, and we'll come back tomorrow and we'll see what's, what's going to happen then. So I figured, okay, cool. I got paid for today and I get to come back tomorrow and they're going to send me home again, whatever. So I show up the next day and no, they, they're going to have me work in the office doing helping somebody else at their job on a computer. Um, which wasn't the worst thing ever. It was okay. The the office had air conditioning and it was he was hot in the building. So uh do you know computers? Uh, well enough to do what they asked me. Um I I don't know programming or, or anything like that, but they just had me do stuff on an Excel sheet, uh print papers out and file them and put them away. Pretty pretty basic stuff. Um kind of like clerk duties because I was helping out the clerk. Um, so yeah, I, I was doing that and it's funny because when I had started working there, it was my first job ever. So whatever happened there, I had no expectations of how work and what life is supposed to be like. Yeah. I got there and I started making adult money, which honestly, it wasn't even a high (laughs) wage. It was just, it wasn't a child's wage. It was, um, it was something better. So everything I expected, I mean, there were things I didn't like, of course, but I just figured that's how it is. You know, I just got to suck it up. I prefer things differently, but oh, well, they're paying me, so it's okay. So we're, we're back to uh, working in the office for a little bit. And one day, toward, toward the end of the night, one of the other guys that does my same job um, on, on the machine, uh, he, he, he went in the office and he was talking with me and the supervisor for a little bit, just a little chit-chat, taking a little break. And he turned to me and he said, hey, I heard you got in trouble, like you got written up. And I'm just like, no, I don't think so. And 
I'm facing, say, uh, one direction, and my supervisor is about two feet to my left on his desk facing me. Like, he, he's facing me. I'm facing another direction. So I turn to him, and I say, no, I don't think so. Did I? And he doesn't even look at me. He's just looking at his computer, and he doesn't say anything. He's just quiet, which is a little odd. He's not the type to ignore somebody, to be rude like that. But I, you know, I, I just overlook it, you know. Just figured that's personal and somebody else doesn't need to know that. Yeah. That's, you know, that's that's personal information. So the other guy leaves and then um, my supervisor, he gets up, he goes to the printer because he just printed out a paper and then he walks to me and he says, please read this and, and sign it when you're done. And it was basically just a paper saying that I admit that it was my fault and I take the blame for blah, 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 this whole thing that happened. And I told him, I'm just like, that's funny. <laughs> and he's just like, what? And I'm just like, the way this is worded, it seems like you're trying to get me to admit that it was my fault and we ended up having I want to say it was more than a disagreement but it, maybe it wasn't no it was an argument it wasn't a violent argument by any means but it was it was certainly an argument and bear in mind I would never ever speak to my superiors boss supervisor lead anybody disrespectfully um, ever but I wasn't going to tolerate taking the blame for that they gave me a broken palate and I was unaware of it but they have a whole bunch of broken pallets in the building. Some of them are fine. I didn't know what I got. And they, they made no effort before that to fix anything, fix their, their violations, their OSHA violations. So um, the supervisor comes in, and he's just like, hey, what's going on? We're just like, well, we're having a little disagreement. And he says, Samuel's right. I'm on his side. And I say, thank you. And then the supervisor explains what's going on because my manager was actually kidding when he said he was on my side. Um, but he ended up disagreeing, and he was also saying that it was my fault, except he was a little more upfront about it and blatant. He was a little straightforward about saying, no, this is this was you. You could have done something different, blah, blah, blah. This, if you had done this, this wouldn't have happened. And it, to me, today, it's still beside the point. But, you know, at that point, I realized... He, I, he wasn't there. He doesn't care. And the both of them really could just be because they're trying to think of the best interest of the company. If I sign that, I can't, you know, pursue. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't have. A, I can't put a lawsuit uh, on their hands. So I ended up leaving that night because it was we were arguing toward the end of the shift until um, the end of the night. My dad picked me up in the back of the building and um, we left. And I was very upset by that. Like I was angry can believe they did this and thinking back even till today my supervisor he he's he his entire attitude even though he was saying like he wanted me to sign it he seemed like he was actually on my side he was very remorseful he was just saying what it seemed like he had to it was either his job or yours yeah it was it was just plain and simple it was better to let you go yeah and and it was just a write-up that's it's really what it was. It was just a write up, and I said, "Okay, so what happens if I don't sign it?" And he says, "Oh, you don't have to. Um, you'll you'll still get the write up on your on your thingy, but you 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 don't have to sign it. We're, I'm not going to force you." And I said, "Okay, I'm not going to." So I left that night, and I really didn't like my manager after that point because he didn't care. Um, he genuinely thinks it's my fault uh, and whatnot. And so, a uh, week, two weeks later. However, amount of time I don't remember much later. I go back to work, working my regular job, and it's going fine for a few months. And no, not not a few months. Uh, soon after that, I'm back to normal. And I'm talking to at, at during my break time, I was talking to one of the maintenance guys who often would hang out with me and my group of friends 
um, coworkers during during break and lunch and whatnot. And he said, "Yeah, I overheard your your manager talking to my manager, um, talking smack, saying that it was your fault and that blah blah blah." And I don't remember what he what he what he said exactly, but he was not only blaming me, he was telling other people, and he was saying bad things about me as well, um, because I wouldn't sign it and because I didn't because I said it's not my fault. Um, but he was saying that to another manager, and I just thought, wow, this guy is a real POS the whole time. And I, he was being polite up until this point, but really he was saying other things behind my back about me. And that's just, that's one, inappropriate, unprofessional, disrespectful. And I just, it was at that point I thought, you know what, For, forget it. I'm just going to call a lawyer and get this over with, because I was being nice until then. I was fine, just it was an accident. I'll get better and go back to work because that was just my job. Um, so I start calling lawyers in this city, in Fresno, in Bakersfield, and every single one of them had the exact same reaction. They all said the exact same thing. The reason why I called so many lawyers, I said, hi, uh, how can I help you? And I said, I, I need a lawyer. I had an accident at work. And bear in mind, I, I when I Googled all of these, these lawyer attorneys' offices, I... Uh, I put work, a work accident, you know, that is their job. That's what they advertise online and, and as their business. And they say, can you tell me what happened? And this isn't the attorney talking. This is just their clerks. Yeah. Yeah. The people who answer the phones. Um, and I say, I describe the accident and they say, what's your name? And I I tell them my name and they say, oh, sorry, but we don't take that kind of case. They, every single one of them said that. And I said, okay, can you point me to somebody who does? And they would give me somebody else's number, and they would tell me the same thing. It was a work accident, and I'm calling a lawyer who specializes in work accidents, but they don't take that kind of case. So it's coming to my mind that maybe the company that I work for, a very big company, has somehow reached out to every attorney in the area, so this way, no matter what happens, it's um, not in the attorney's best interest to, to take on clients that work for that company um so i couldn't find an attorney so i ended up just working there and hating it because that was the first time that i really understood how companies work and treat their employees because uh uh, because they don't care about them and whatnot they don't they don't you're just a number yeah i'm just a number just an object just you're just somebody bringing in labor and money yeah yeah doing doing the doing the hands-on work and, I mean, that was just the, the starting point of when it opened my eyes. I really saw how they were still treating us in other ways, in every other aspect. And I started uh, looking up more things of the law and looking up more OSHA, OSHA guidelines of what they were supposed to be following. And they just weren't doing it. They really don't care. But there's only, as much as I wanted to change it, I realized there's only two ways that I could change it. I only had two options. Either climb the corporate ladder and work my way up and somehow figure out a way to, to get in a place where I'm able to change that, which could take a very long time with a company that doesn't want me there anyway. Um, so that was next to impossible. Or you have to go to school, and then you jump ahead of the line to a certain position of authority and power, and then maybe have to do some more climbing in the company. But I didn't have an education because I went there straight after high school. And If they think I'm lying, if they're trying to blame me for something like that, then they're obviously not going to promote me very high. Um, So anyway, I I stayed working there for a few more months um, wanting to quit, but I didn't have any other job lined up. So 
uh, I was I was trying to do interviews for different places and whatnot. And uh, one day I get a call from my lead saying, hey, uh, the supervisor wants to talk to you up front or, or can you go to HR, so on, uh, up in the front there waiting for you. And I say, okay. And I just had a feeling in my gut, you know, that something was wrong, that maybe it was my last day. So I took all my stuff off of my machine and parked it where I normally park it at the end of the night. And um, I go up to the front office and that was the day that they said I was terminated. Uh, but it wasn't on that paper on the termination paper, it said nothing about the accident, but I could tell that they had been wanting to let go of me since then because the reason why they fired me was because of technical errors. I would pull a box, and this 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 isn't uncommon. It happens. Um, I would pull a box, well, a whole bunch of them because again, we're on commission, so we're being the faster we work, the the more we get paid. Yeah. So uh, I would pull a box and I'd forget to scan a couple of them because I'd pull a lot of them all at once and then scan it afterward. Or vice versa. Um, and every time you miss one and you forget the box or you scan it without pulling it or the other way around, you'd, you know, you'd, you'd get a little markup for it. You can only get five or six, I believe, is the number, before five or six of those write-ups before you're terminated, which is what I was terminated for. However, every other driver that, 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 uh, that gets written up for that, once they get three or four, you know, when they get close to the danger zone, they will just have them stop working on the machine. They'll work on the floor, you know, put boxes on the line, do other things. So it's physically impossible for them to exceed the amount of write-ups. They, it, it will be impossible for them. Now, when it was getting close for me, I said, hey, uh, let me let me just work on the floor because you guys are taking volunteers to work on the floor anyway. And I already have this many. And my lead would just look at me with a smile, almost like he was high, and say, ah, sorry, man, but we need you up there. Yeah, we need you. Sorry. Ha-ha. And I'm just thinking, that guy works on this machine a lot faster than I do. In fact, almost everybody here does. I'm not going to work very hard, and you know it, for a company that blames me for an accident that they caused. I'm not going to put my work my back out. They already don't pay us enough with their with their incentive pay um, to be working that hard. Um, so it's pretty obvious that you don't need me to be doing this job to to be doing this. But I didn't have a choice. You know, I could have been written up for that for refusing to do that. So I kept on doing it, and it was a couple weeks later that I got a call into the front office and that I was terminated for that exact reason. Um, so it was unfair. It was really unfair. But I remember the day I walked out of that building for the last time, I felt relief. It wasn't really joy. There was a little bit of stress in there, of course, because I just lost my job and I still have bills to pay and whatnot. But the overwhelming feeling that I had at that time was relief. It was finally done. It wasn't the way I preferred to, to be rid of that company. But it was finally done. I don't know how long I would have been there before I had another job lined up and, you know, la, 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 happy ending, um, happy ever after. Uh, so that was finally that. But I still needed money. And I was still, I was 20 years old at the time when I had got fired. And I thought, you know, one way that people are making money right now is driving Uber. Like, that's getting really popular. I have my own car. Um, I just bought it last year, drove it off the lot, and this isn't what I wanted to use it for, but I need money, so I'll do that. And it was a month before I turned 21, which is the legal age you could drive for Uber. So while I was looking for other jobs in that month that I couldn't get one yet, I ended up working for Uber for like a month or two, and they weren't paying very well at the time either. They ended up getting sued for how bad they were paying their, their, their drivers, but it wasn't working out very well. Um, 
I, I took a lady to Fresno one time. Very, very nice. She's uh, from New York. But there was an accident on the freeway from Visalia to, to Fresno on the 99. And um, we ended up being stuck in traffic for three hours for a drive that should have been 45 minutes because the, the entire freeway was closed. We had to get off. And there are thousands of those uh, cars that pass by on any given spot within a minute. Thousands of cars, a lot of cars. So we were backed up for three whole hours. Um, and you know how much I got paid for that trip? You want to take a guess? $5. No, no. I got paid $46 for three hours worth of work when I would have got paid that same $46 in 45 minutes. In less than an hour, I wouldn't have made $45. And I wouldn't have been un- unhappy with that. I, I accepted the drive. I knew it was going to be a distance and I accepted it. But it's not my fault or the passenger's fault that the freeway was backed up. And will the company compensate you for that? Nope. No, they don't. And they ended up getting sued for that like a year or two later. You had but a nice lady in your car. I had a high lady in my car. <laughs> we, we got a, what was it, a lift one time. And the dude was driving a Mercedes. Uh-huh. But he was high He as was fuck. high as a kite. Oh, man. I'm talking about my mom when she was high in the back oh. of my car. <laughs> <laughs> it was we were, probably for the same accident. We were stuck in. We were stuck, stuck on, on the, the 99. 99. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it happens. It sure and then happens. she sees the CHP and she's like rolling down the window, and I'm like, <laughs> "Put that window back up, lady. <laughs> we're not gonna talk she to went, that." Hi, what? I'm high. <laughs> Mom, close your window. Like, close your window. I had to lock it. <laughs> Turn on the parental locks, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's Put your seatbelt on and be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> don't make me go back there. <laughs> don't make me. Don't make me turn this car around, <laughs> which I couldn't. Because you were stuck in traffic. You were stuck in traffic. Oh. Uh, so you get. Did you get a job after that? Uh, no. So, again, because every time I, I apply for a job, you have to put your previous work, and that's where I worked for three years, my best chance of getting a, a recommendation or... Crap. Yeah, and obviously that was shot. I don't so, think they would have cared at Sensations. Maybe not. I didn't think about that. Huh? <laughs> Hold on. Let me call and see if they're hiring. Um, <laughs> so, no, I didn't, but... Again, I was back at the point because if it's if I can't get a job, what are my options? Go to school. So after that big three year three year lesson of a uh, of how you're supposed to behave in life, I decided you know what I'm going to go back to school. So it was June that I registered for COS, and I uh, I started in August. This August. This no, past no, this, no, no, no. This was in this was in 2018. Oh, yeah. I was like, Oof, during the pandemic. I'm like, this oh, August. No, it was pre-pandemic. Yeah, right. was the best August because that's when we had class together. No, 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 no. no, no. That was his worst class. That was, that his was worst. ASL two, silly goose. How would I have taken <laughs> ASL one? <laughs> so, you get through all this and you decide that you have to. Uh, get an education. So you're knuckling down and you're taking classes. But what made you want to pick this subject? Well, at the time, I didn't pick the subject. Um, you were just taking you. your first uh, classes were like just general ed. Uh, I that first semester I only took three classes. I took an English class, an economics class, and a, no, not an economics class, a computer class. 
and a math class because at the time you still had to uh, take yeah. um, a mm-hmm. test to see where they would a placement test. Mm-hmm. They've since gotten rid of that, and I still want back pay for that. But that's that's beside the point. <laughs> so I when I first registered, I wanted to uh, pursue economics oh, okay. because I figured there's so much to learn, and I mean you could do so much with that. I mean you could there's next to no limit to what you could do with that. You could uh, survive uh, the second, you know, depression that would be coming because you understand economics. And even today, that's that's something I, that's a type of education I value very highly. However, after after some general ed classes, yeah, that, uh, I guess they were general ed. Yeah, they really were. But specific to that major. Um, after, after a couple general ed classes, I finally took my first finance class. And I mean, I, I went there two days. I showed up to two different classes. I was there a week, and I didn't understand anything. It was a different language. It was it was far beyond me, and I knew that if I was going to struggle in my first class, it wasn't going to be worth it. College are supposed to be the best years of your life, and it's that class was not. Ever. That I mean, don't get me wrong; it's been stressful since then, even in funner classes. But that in a class I didn't understand, I had no chance. So I dropped the class, and I was going to have to pick something else. And I figured. Well, since I was little, I always wanted to be a doctor of some kind. At first, when I was in the third grade, I, uh, I had my tonsils removed and I, at the children's hospital, and they were very nice, so I wanted to be a pediatrician. I got a little older. When I was in fifth grade, I got my first pair of glasses, and those people were really nice, and you didn't have to do a lot of technical work with skin, blood, tissue, bone, yeah. none of that. It was just glasses, so I figured I'd want to be an optometrist, and that was great, but you still have to go to medical school. And then it wasn't until... Uh, Somewhere around high school that I realized I no longer, I can no longer stomach the sight of blood. I can't do that. It's just, it's, even today I still can't. I don't know why. When I was little, I could look at anything and not care. <laughs> I could, I could, I could go touch it and be like, oh, cool. Wow. What's this? It's slimy. Oh, it smells, you it, know? Let's see how it tastes. Though. Yeah. It tastes like <laughs> pennies. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I knew that. Medical school, medical school was out of the option, so as much as I wanted to be a pediatrician or maybe even a, an optometrist, that wasn't going to happen. Also, at this time, homework wasn't the funnest thing. Still struggling. And these subjects aren't getting any easier. They are getting more complicated after high school, even if they're general education. They're more advanced in math than I was used to anymore. Um, the, the science classes are much more advanced. They go into much more detail um, than, say, high school uh, and whatnot. And this is three years after I had left high school. So even though I didn't try very much, very hard in high school, I waited three years before I used any of the knowledge that I retained to begin with. So starting, it was rough. Um, but I figured, well, one thing that you don't have to go to medical school is psychology. That's a whole major in its, in its own thing. A lot of people do that. And there is information up that has to do with that, that everybody could benefit from including and especially myself in many many ways and that was something I was always interested in but I didn't realize I would want to pursue a career in it maybe I did I don't know I wanted to be a whole bunch of different things throughout the years but I was doing that for a little while and I took a psychology class and I was struggling through it even though the information was great it was it was a struggle for uh, certain personal reasons that I didn't understand yet at that point. I was struggling in my head with things I didn't understand yet. I didn't understand why. Um, things I should have checked out a long time ago. 
But I ended up at the end of the semester, I got a, uh, a D. I almost got a C, but my teacher was not very friendly. So he didn't, he didn't, uh, he wasn't nice enough to raise my, my 69 to a 92. So I mean, <laughs> a 69 to a 92. Yeah. I thought you were going to say a 70. I'm like, yeah, that's pushing it. Well, I guess I, I would have looked at you like I the counselor 70, looked at you, but you know, oh, well, you know, same thing. He didn't, he didn't bump it a little. He also didn't bump it a lot. Okay. Same thing. Um, but no, I figured once again, I'm back to a spot where the, the, the thing I want to major in, even, even at the, uh, junior collegiate level that I'm not doing well in that subject that I'm majoring in. I'm just not doing well. This isn't it. But I didn't know what else I wanted to do, so I didn't change my major for a while. But you wanted to help people out. Yeah, since I was little, I always knew that I wanted to somehow... I did it. I somehow... Yeah, I know. I can believe that. I somehow no, you like to help people, but you like to help special needs. I do. And you don't care for people who aren't special needs. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wow. What does that say since we're friends? What does that say about me? On how you think about me. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that eye-opening? Okay, well, I guess so. <laughs> you don't have to sign to uh, see that expression on your face? No. Okay, so you're struggling in psychology, but you still want to help people out. So what happened after that? Uh, so... I, I, a little backstory to, to helping out people. I knew a long time that I wanted to help out people. I, because when I was in third grade and those people at the, at Valley, at the children's hospital were so incredibly kind to me, they saw sick people, sick kids who have so much potential. And I didn't, I didn't understand all that, but I knew that they were so kind. They were nothing like the people at the hospital here or at the clinics and all that. They were a special kind of generous, you know, granted that the entire, the entire hospital was built. With, on the foundation of children and being kind to them and whatnot. But it was it was really special. It was really kind. So it was always in the back of my mind that I did want to help people. Um, so when I was when I realized that psychology was probably no longer on the books, and I wanted to be a psychiatrist, by the way, and because I didn't do my homework, I didn't do the research to find out that to be a psychiatrist, you, you do school. have to go to medical school. You can only be a licensed psychologist with a psychology degree, an advanced psychology degree at that. Um, so that wasn't the end of that. But over the, the following summer... Um, my counselor told me that some of the one of the two of the classes that were things I had to take instead of uh, English two was a communication class. Um, she said one was a uh, one was for this reason, and I had to choose another one for an actual reason. I just don't remember what it is right now. But I took two comm classes over the summer, and those were life changing to me. I got an A in both of them. One was, the first one was argument and debate. And while it was a four-week class, both of them were four weeks each, one back-to-back. The first two weeks, I didn't understand how to really debate the way my professor wanted us to. It It was difficult for me to understand right away, to put that information right away in the middle during a debate. How we wanted, but I ended up getting it, and still throughout the class, I, I had such a great time. The things I, I learned and was able to perceive, and then the following class was a speech and public speaking class. 
And that one also, it did wonders for me because when I was a kid, I was shy. I didn't have a lot of friends. The friends I did have were my sisters, not one that I gained on my own. I was alone a lot. Um, People uh, didn't often come into my life, but they just easily went out. Uh, People that mattered and whatnot. So during that time, those fundamental years, and not necessarily the middle school, but mostly high school, when everything changed, when everything was going downhill and it was bad, I lost myself to who I was. As it was when I was in that process of changing, everything I knew was I no longer knew. They were no longer facts. They didn't add up anymore. So for a long time, I was quiet. And when the way I made friends is they would have to just they would just have to talk to me first. I wasn't the one to go out and meet new people. And I, and as talkative as I could be, I could talk your ear off no matter who you are. But you're gonna have to just reach out to me first. You're going to have to open that door. and let Make me that in. first move. Yeah. And sometimes even the second move. We could talk good on the first day, but the second day we're in class sitting next to each other, I'm still not going to be the one to say hi to you. As much as I want to talk to you, I'm not going to be the one to, to, to say, hey, so how was your day last night? How was that movie you saw? Not me. Having taken those communication classes, it just it just opened me up just a little bit more. Every to Every class I took, I met new people, and it was great. And so I just told myself, man, I want to take more. So I did. The the that that uh, that fall semester, I took another one. Maybe I took two. I think I took two. And then the following semester after that, I took another one. And then I took one with a different teacher. Out of the six comm classes that that college has to offer, you took I, all six. I took all six. Yes, but five of them were with the same professor who I grew to admire very, 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 very much. Is that the one you're brown nosing to bake a cake? Uh, no, he's not my professor anymore, so it's not brown nosing. <laughs> yeah. He, the, no, no matter what I do, I could flip him off and he can't change my grade. Okay. Yeah. All those classes are already done. Doesn't count. Um, but yes, that, that professor, uh, they were all with him because the things he taught me, because he's an old man, he's about to retire. I learned much wisdom from him as well as information, as well as knowledge. I gained a lot of wisdom. But right now, even now, I in the few years that I've been at college, I feel I feel like a different person. And after my first class, that first comm class that I took in those four weeks, people told me toward the end of it, um, no, toward toward the fall semester, because I had a lot of those same people in, in the in that first comm class. Um, they told me they're just like, man, you've changed, and I'm just like, what do you mean? I'm the I'm the same. Uh, I'm the same dum dum that you knew a long time ago, and they're just like, no, you were you were quiet back then. You had to open you up, and now you're just so different. You're you're so much better. You're you seem like you now, like you like you really seem like you. You're you're different, and I didn't understand that. I always thought I just you just had to open me up, and that was it. And that was true for the most part, but it wasn't until a little later after that, after a few more classes, applying the the stuff that I learned from those comp classes that I really feel different and not like a different person with different ideas, different perceptions. None of that. It was just, I, now when I see somebody with a nice shirt, I actually want to compliment them. I, I've never wanted to compliment people. I never wanted to reach out to people, even to say something short. My you dad never wanted to draw attention to yourself. No, no, never. Absolutely not. And now, not for the sake of drawing attention to myself, but now if I see something with somebody wearing something that looks nice, I want to tell them. You know, make their day a little better. It's just a, a courteous and polite thing to do, and people should do that. Shouldn't more often. people do that in general? They should. Instead? But I wasn't the type to do it before, and had I not taken certain classes, I wouldn't be the type to do that now. Because it does change a person's attitude. And Absolutely. Mood. 
when yeah. you say, hey, that's... Yeah. People tell that to me when I wear my Avatar shirt because I'm a grown man wearing a children's shirt. The one that says cabbage? Yes. The one that says my cabbages. That one. That was a gift to me for Christmas when I was a grown adult already. I still wear that. And people say, hey, I love your shirt. And oftentimes they are kids or teenagers or young adults around my age. I'd be like, why is he wearing a cabbage? I guess he loves cabbage. Yeah. Cabbage is good for you, in fact. Cabbage gives me gas. But yeah, no, you're right. It absolutely you should compliment people if you if you, you know. It doesn't cost anything to be nice. It doesn't. You're right. You're right. And then you get in a class where you're not supposed to talk. Like oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> yeah. So you have taken what? Which ASL class are you in now? ASL three. Three. And so you. His life changed in ASL, too, when I sat a few desks away from him. Oh. It did. It, yeah, college started going but downhill. you went there for the first one. Not downhill. For ASL 1, <laughs> because I got a C in that class. And as it turns out, in ASL 2, you the class cheated. that you were in, you have no proof of that. <laughs> Cheater. <sighs> I got an A, so I guess it doesn't matter. It doesn't. And you're doing good in... In ASL three, everybody's doing well. Yeah, he, the teacher is just so great. He makes it so easy to get an A. I got a hundred percent on a paper I haven't even turned in. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking forward to get extra credit on a paper that I wrote but didn't turn in yet because I forgot. So who knows? Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. funny because <clears throat> ASL was wasn't uh, something I was majoring in until recently, yeah. until after this past summer. So I ended up changing my major to communication, and then I finished all the classes, but I still had a couple more classes to go, because uh, during earlier, a few years ago, I took ASL 1 as an elective, because it looked interesting, and I saw a few people here and there around school signing, and I thought, oh my gosh, that's so cool, even to learn the basics of this and that, of how to, how to say hi to somebody. So I took it, and I learned it, and I liked it, but I didn't, I didn't keep up with it. Uh, I already had a different major that I really liked, and as far as I understood... It was just best for me to keep one. But I finished all my comp classes, and then over summer, while I had to take two other classes, I, for some reason, decided, oh, ASL2 fits right in there. Let me take that. That's when he met me and Fresno State Chick. Yeah, met my two favorite people in the world. So, and it was after that class that I realized, you know, I I have to be here until this amount of time anyway if I add that as a major, because right now I've finished all my major classes, I would only need this many. They would fit into my schedule, and I'd be able to graduate at the same time with a second degree. So over the at the end of the summer, um, I technically changed my major to ASL because I don't need to focus on communication anymore. But when I graduate, I will have two degrees now, um, and I won't have to take a whole bunch of extra general ed courses. It's the same, more or less, the same pathway. All right. <clears throat> Has anybody ever uh, mentioned or suggested to you that maybe you should uh, talk to a counselor? Yeah, many times, yeah. Recently, I mean, it's not very common to tell that to a kid. But no, I... Uh, um, and I mean, I knew a long time ago, probably. I just didn't understand why. What, what would be the specifics? 
And I grew up old-fashioned. My dad grew up old-fashioned. We don't talk about our feelings. Yeah, though that's the type of doctor we don't see. Yeah. You know, we knuckle down it. and just push forward. And yeah, you exactly. Press everything. Exactly. No, you're you're a man. Just deal with it. You know that's. Because yeah. what are people gonna say? Yeah. If they find out that you're seeing one of those doctors, it wasn't even Crack it wasn't pot. even because of that. It was just be a man. Just tough through it. That's well, it. What if they put you on medication? Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> my life getting better? Could you imagine? <laughs> Me not have being sad all the time? Yeah. How awful. But no, yeah, so I uh, recently, because my friend here, Lizette, recommended I go to the Access and Ability Center at school to seek help with school um, to appease the troubles a little bit or ease the troubles, I mean. Um, I did that and. Two people already told me that I should see somebody. Mm-hmm. Not in a bad way, but they just said that. Because I told them that I haven't, and they said, well, you know, you, you should get checked out, blah, blah, blah. Um, because they, they can tell you things that we're not allowed to. We're, we're, we're not... They can help you in ways that yeah, you didn't know is available. Yeah. they We, we cannot <clears throat> formally diagnose you. They can't. Um, and, and they can. But they have the tools, and they have the means... To point you in the right direction. To point you in the right direction mm-hmm. and give you... Literal the tools that you that can help you, mm-hmm. and the people that can ease what tra- like the obstacles that you face. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So very helpful people, and to anybody. Um, and it shouldn't be something that because I was always like that was always told. Oh, those are for that. Those programs are for people that are dumb. Yeah. Or people who have special needs, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But for people like us who have problems focusing and and just retaining, mm-hmm. the center has been a great help. So for me, so far, I mean, I've they've helped me out a lot, and I haven't I haven't met anybody at COS who is not there to support me or to hold me down, right? Like, they don't want to see... I haven't met a teacher or a faculty member who doesn't want me... who doesn't want to see me succeed with my with my goals. That stinky student <coughs> that you sat next to, she didn't hold you down? Oh, man. <laughs> the stinky chick in my geology class? Oh. Holy smokes. No, she ended up, I think she ended up dropping. I was able to smell her a mile away. I kept thinking, what's that smell? What is that smell? And I thought... It wasn't the smell of weed? No. It, I, I wish. <laughs> dude, that would, that would have been, a, that skunk smell would have been a better smell than, than that. But it even followed, like, I remember going into the class and I'm like, oh, there's that smell again. What's that smell? And I was even smelling the whiteboard, like, <laughs> like is it the whiteboard? And I'm like, well, maybe it's all the rocks that the teacher has in the class, because he had thousands of rocks in the class. And I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe it's a one of the rocks. So I would actually sniff the rocks, like, no. looking like a crazy lady. <laughs> yeah. And then one day she sat at my, I came into class and she was sitting at my desk, like at on my chair. I'm a creature of habit when it comes to class. Like, I have to sit in the same chair, everything. It has to be at the same height, everything. And 
she sat at my chair and I sat across from her and I was not having it. Like facial grammar, <laughs> it's a thing because I kept looking at her like, what, Bitch. The, what, what are you doing sitting on my chair? You're stinking it up. And she left it stinky. So I moved, I changed seats. Like I changed, I rent and I went to go put that chair with the teacher. And then I grabbed the teacher's chair <laughs> and I took it to my desk. <clears throat> oh, you're a horrible person. <laughs> but she smelled like, it was sad. Like people should not smell like that. So I don't know if it was a medical issue or something. If it's a medical issue, then I understand. Right. But if you're just dirty, dirty, mm-mm. Are there uh, a lot of people who are attending the college that either smell because they don't like using deodorant and want to be one with the earth, or are there... Well, I thought my geology teacher was homeless, not knowing that he was actually my professor. (laughs) I kept thinking, why is this homeless guy following me? I'm like, let me go up the stairs. Let me see if he follows me. Sure enough, I lost him, right? Not knowing that there's two stairs on either side of the building and then one in the middle. And then I was outside my door, my classroom door, and he opens up the door. He goes, you want to come in and wait? There's air conditioning. I'm like, oh, my God, it's the homeless guy. (laughs) Turned out it was my professor. I swear he lives on campus in his office. Maybe he likes taking naps in his office. Maybe he likes living there. I don't know. I don't know. College is great, isn't it? College is awesome. Wow, there's so many opportunities. Free parking for him. Free showers. Free food in the pantry. True, true. Yeah. 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 There's a gym. There's a track. He has his own office. Tennis courts. There's a pool. Yeah, his own office. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, the smell that, you know, that... Those kids yesterday in the cafeteria, they stunk. Oh, the nice. high school kids? Yeah, those were high school kids. They smelled pretty bad? I didn't smell them, luckily. I don't know how. <clears throat> they it just must have missed me. By the hair on my chinny-chin-chin. Hmm. Well, the hair on my chinny-chin-chin stood up like, <laughs> there's the smell right in front of you. It just got seared off, huh? Yeah, yeah it just like Hormones. burned off. Yeah. <laughs> I, it didn't smell like hormone. It smelled like just B.O. Like Fuji. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're in college. You're taking classes that you're actually liking and you're excelling in. Of course he likes them. I'm in them. <laughs> and then next year we're gonna be in class together again for our last our last hurrah. Hopefully. Our last hurrah. Yeah, I know how sad. <laughs> one of your majors is communication. Yes. And the other one is what? American Sign Language, ASL. Oh, oh, yes. Okay. And you're loving it. Mm-hmm. What do you see yourself doing later on oh, after you get your degree? Stripper. Oh, I wish. I wish I had the body for that. You know, I would. I'd, I'd already be doing it. That'd be paying for college. <laughs> Um, you know, I... Uh, you never know. Maybe there's some girls that like them chunky. Maybe. I hope. Motomoto Moto does. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he got good reviews, okay? That's that's yes, a compliment. Um, you know, that's that's a tough question. I, I 
still wonder because even at this point, I still don't know. Granted, I plan on transferring anyway and hopefully figuring that out. But uh, I, I, here at COS, I think ASL only goes so far. And when you transfer, I don't know how many more classes there are with that as it is. It's a, it's a different uh, program. It's more into like commutative disorders. Okay. So do you want to be a pathology, audiology, speech pathologist? You know, I'd have to do more research on that because I don't, I don't know much enough about. Well, why don't that. you go ask Kelsey, uh, Fresno State chick? Oh wait, now she's going into law school. So. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Did she change her major? Probably like she changes her chonies. Like she changes never. her schools. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> so he, did, he, he even admitted the other day, he's like, you know, I never really paid attention to her. He's like, until you started pointing her out, now I don't, I have like a dislike for her. Okay, so like a 10-year-old in class, being immature, I wrote a note quietly in the class because, again, it's ASL, like, and there's what? no talking in there. It is remarkably quiet. Unless you're used to it, it's going to surprise Unless you how you quiet it is. Unless you have that sitting behind you. Unless, of course, yes. What did he say? Because her facial expressions make so much What so. did he say? Oh, it is, it is more than just her facial expressions. But no, so whenever she walks in, and I never noticed this before, even in even over summer in ASL, too in a different class physical classroom i i i realized that she walked that same way and everything but i late never i never paid time. attention to it so she walks into the classroom every day late by the way sometimes a whole 15 minutes yeah every time yeah she's only showed up once early i'm gonna call sensations and say hey can you let her off her shift on time yeah she has a class you know she, she has, has a other class responsibilities. at 11 12 sharp in the morning yeah we let her off at 10. What do you mean? Um, no, she walks in and I mean, she waits for the door to close all the way. She has her sunglasses on and she moves so gracefully like a cloud, like like she's wearing a crown on her head, like a tiara. Not even a tiara, a full on crown that weighs 15 pounds because she's moving slow. Again, she's walking like she's floating like a cloud. That say queen. She won't. She won't. She won't face her head down. She walks as if she she is above everyone else. Like she is superior right. to the peasants that she graces with her presence because every day. Because she's mentioned before that she doesn't go to that school because she goes to the university. She she doesn't go to a community college. And I'm like, bitch, but you've been here for the last how many years? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you something that I learned from communication classes is that. More than eighty percent of communication is nonverbal, and that goes beyond <laughs> beyond what your face says. And while she her face has a lot to say without the mouth moving, her body, the 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 every physical expression your body can make, she embodies that. And there's so much to perceive from that. But she looks, she doesn't look at her peers. She walks past them as if they're nothing, as if they're less than. I just and want a just throat like, puncher. <laughs> and twat kicker. <laughs> Please let the record show that Lizette would like to throat punch her. <laughs> For graduation. Yes, that is, oh, that is your gift. <laughs> so I never noticed that until the I'm other day. Ask the and dean. it's just like, how awful. <laughs> how terrible. She's going to make some lawyer make an impression every time she walks into that courtroom. You have come to the dark side. <laughs> They have cookies. You and Bonnie have come to the dark side. When you gave me that note in class, I'm like, what the hell is this? Back in the eight, back in the nineties. 
<laughs> flashback to high school and pass. The, those were our, that was our texting. Well, I could have just texted you, but I was hoping maybe you'd pass it on to Bonnie because it's just. I'm not going to get in trouble. 43 years old getting in trouble in class for passing notes. What are you not allowed to pass notes in class? Right. Because we're not allowed to talk. Oh, I so didn't pass, talk. So I'm passing notes. Yeah, I didn't talk. Can you imagine if the teacher would have grabbed the note and then he would have signed it? Oh, y'all, you think he wouldn't agree? (laughs) (laughs) What did I say? Something untruthful? It's not like I drew a picture or something. You know, I wasn't being rude. I was just being truthful. Bonnie draws pictures of her. (laughs) Fresno State (laughs) Chicks? All I need is is the teacher to grab that note and then put put, put it on the overhead. It could be a flattering photo. The only thing with the little tiny head and huge hoop earrings bigger than the head that says queen. You know, the only thing unflattering about her appearance is and her attitude. Face. And while her attitude accounts for a great deal of everything that you see on her. Um, I forgot where I was going with this. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I got her in over my head while I'm lightheaded. Uh, yeah. All right. So. <clears throat> You're enjoying your time now. Yes. Of course. Yes. Moi? Yeah. I, I, I don't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> choice. I have to enjoy the moment. Yeah. <laughs> and so you're obviously doing better for yourself. Uh, you are making some communication with other people that are probably going to be your peers later on down the line in ASL. Um, and hopefully uh, you keep going with this because uh, I know I've seen her kind of brighten up and just start uh, thinking about other things. And of how course, because I'm help. learning profanities, Aeneas. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And so... Uh, Oh my god, they're signing to each other. <laughs> it's not like this. It's like this. So like oh, goose. That's like <laughs> this bullshit. Uh, it looked like you were grabbing somebody's balls. Yours. <laughs> bull grabbed the bull by the balls. <laughs> uh, so uh hopefully you uh start getting you finding your place uh, where you want to be and you have a passion for. Uh, you've obviously earned it. Um, I hope to see great things from you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Is there anything else you want to say? That's the best. Uh, (laughs) Is that for president? (laughs) (laughs) Say it loud and proud. Jeez. Is that for president? 2024. Yeah. 3024. Get out, Samuel. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for your conversation. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, You did have a lot to say, and I have learned from you. So thank you. Thank you. Appreciate your time. I'm not even going to ask her. (laughs) (laughs) Did you turn it off already? Do you want to say something? No. All right. Thank you for this. Uh, We'll talk again later. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it for now. I want to be clear on something. No one person grows up the same. 
Everyone has their own opinion and how they come up with it. That's why I started this, so that I can understand you and your guide to your path. If we all have different strengths, then maybe, just maybe, we can learn from each other.